Chapter 9. Effect of compliance and non-compliance with Baba's orders and the time of taking leave. A few instances. Mendicancy and its necessity. Devotees. Takad family. Experiences. Baba fed sumptuously. At the end of the last chapter, it was briefly stated that the bhaktas who obeyed Baba's orders at the time of taking leave fared well, and those who disobeyed them suffered many mishap. This statement will be amplified and illustrated with a few striking instances and by other matters dealt with in this chapter. Characteristics of Shirdi Pilgrimage On a special, One special peculiarity of Shirdi Pilgrimage was that no one could leave Shirdi without Baba's permission, and if he did, he invited troubles. But if anyone was asked to quit Shirdi, he could not stay there, no, he could stay there no longer. Baba had gave certain suggestions or hints when devotees went to bid goodbye and take leave. These suggestions had to be followed. If they were not followed or were departed from, accidents were sure to befall them. We give below a few instances. Tatya Kotel Patil Tatya Kotel was once going in a Tonga to Kopagon Bazaar. He came in haste to the masjid, saluted Baba and said that he would go to Kopagon Bazaar. Baba said, don't make haste, stop a little, forget the bazaar, don't go out of the village. On seeing his anxiousness to go, Baba asked him to take Sharma, Madhavra Deshpande, with him. Not minding this direction, Tatakotel immediately drove off in his Tonga. Of these two horses, one which cost 300 rupees was very active and restless. After passing Sawali Vahir, it began to run rashly, got a sprain in its waist and fell down. Tate was not much hurt, but was reminded of Mother Sai's direction. On another occasion, while proceeding to Kola village, he disregarded Baba's direction and drove in a Tonga, which met with a similar accident. European Gentleman One European gentleman of Mumbai once came to Shirdi with an introductory note from Narasaib Chandoka, and with some object in view, he was comfortably accommodated in a tent. He wanted to kneel before Baba and kiss his hand. Therefore, he tried thrice and step into the masjid, but Baba re- prevented him from doing so. He was asked to sit in the open courtyard below and take Baba's darshan from there. Not pleased with the reception he got, he wanted to leave Shirdi at once and came to bid goodbye. Baba asked him to go the next day and not to make hurry. People also requested him to abide by Baba's direction. Not listening to all, he left Shirdi in a tonga. The horses ran all right, but when Sawali Vahira was passed, a bicycle came in front on seeing, which, on, on seeing which the horses were frightened and ran fast. The tonga was turned topsy-turvy and the gentleman fell down and was dragged over some distance. He was immediately rescued but had to go and lie in Copagon Hospital for the treatment of his injuries. Such experiences were legion and all the people learnt the lesson that those who disobeyed Baba's instruction met with accidents in one way or the other and those who obeyed them were safe and happy. The necessity of mendicancy. Now we return to the question of mendicancy. A question may arise in the minds of some that if Baba was such a great personage, God manifest, why should he have recourse to the begging bowl throughout his lifetime? This question may be considered and replied to from two standpoints. One, who are the fit persons who have the right to live by the begging bowl? Our Sahastras say that those persons who, after getting rid of or becoming free from the three main desires, namely one, progeny, two, wealth, three, fame, and except sannyas, are the fit persons to live by begging alms. They cannot make cooking arrangements and dine in their homes. The duty of feeding them is laid on the shoulders of the householders. Sababa was neither a householder nor a vanaprasta. He was a celibate sannyasi, sannyasi from boyhood. His firm conviction was that the universe was his home. He was Lord Vasudeva, the supporter of the universe and the imperishable Brahma. So he had to, or he had full right to have recourse to the begging bowl. Two, now from a standpoint of, of Pantashuna, the five sins and their atonement, we all know that in order to prepare foodstuffs and meals, the householders have to go through five actions or processes, which are 1. Kandani, pounding, 2. 
Peshani, grinding. 3. Udakumbi, washing pots. 4. Marjani, sweeping and cleaning. 5. Chuli, lighting hearths. These processes involve destruction of a lot of small insects and creatures, and thus the householder incurs an amount of sin. In order for, to atone for this sin, our Sahastras prescribe six signs, kinds of sacrifices, which are 1. Brahmayagna, 2. Vedayagna, uh, Vedadhyan, offerings to Brahman and others st and studies of the Vedas. 3. Pitriyagna, offerings to the ancestors, offerings to the beings, and uh, Four, Devyagna, offerings, sorry, I'll start this again. Five kinds of, six kinds of sacrifices. One, Brahmayagna. Two, Vedayagna, which is offerings to Brahman or the study of the Vedas. Three, Pitriyagna, offerings to the ancestors. Four, Devyagna, offerings to the gods. Five, Bhutayagna, offerings to the beings. Six, Manushya, Atityagna, offerings to men or uninvited guests. If these sacrifices enjoined by the sastras are duly performed, the purification of the minds is effected, and this helps them get knowledge and self-realization. Baba, in going from house to house, reminded the inmates of their sacred duty, and fortunate were the people who got the lesson at their home from Baba. Devotees' experiences. Now to return to other more interesting subject. Lord Krishna has said in Bhagavad Gita, uh, chapter 9, verse 26, Who devoutly offers to me a leaf, or a flower, or fruit, or water? Of a pure-hearted man, I accept that pious offering. In the case of Sai Baba, if a devotee intently intended really to offer anything to Sai Baba, and if he afterwards forgot to offer the same, Baba reminded him or, or his friend about it, about the offering, and made him bring it to him, and accepted it, and blessed the devotee. A few instances are given below. Dakar family, father and son. Mr. Ramachandra At Atmaram, alias ba Baba Saheb Thakrad, formerly a, a Pratana Samajist, was a staunch devotee of Sai Baba. His wife and son equally loved Baba, or perhaps more. It was once proposed that Master Taraka should go with his mother to Shirdi and spend his summer vacation there. But the son was unwilling to go, as he thought that in case he left his home in Bandra, the worship of Sai Baba in the house would not be properly attended to, as his father, being a Pratana Samajist, would not care to do worship to Sai Baba's picture. However, on his father giving insurance under oath that he would perform the worship exactly as his son was doing, the mother and son left for Shirdi on a Friday night. Next day, Saturday, Mr. Thakar got up early, took his bath, and before proceeding with the puja, prostrated himself before the shrine and said to Baba, Baba, I am going to, do, I'm going to perform the puja exactly as my son has been doing, but please, let it, not be a form, let it not be a formal drill. Saying so, he performed the puja and offered a few pieces of lump sugar as Navidya, and the sugar was distributed at lunchtime. That evening and next Saturday, and that evening and next Sunday, everything went on well. The following Monday was a working day and it also passed well. Mr. Tarka, who had never performed puja like this in all his life, felt great confidence within himself that everything was passing on quite satisfactorily as per the promise given to the sun. Next Tuesday, he performed the morning puja as usual and left for his work. Coming home at noon, he found that there was no prasad, sugar, to partake of when the meal was served. He asked the servant cook who, uh, the servant cook who told him that there was no offering made that morning and that he had completely forgotten to perform that part of the puja, the offering Navidya. At this, he left his seat and prostrated himself before the shrine, expressed his, great, his regret at the same time, chiding Baba for want of making the whole affair a matter of a mere drill. Then he wrote a letter to his son stating the facts and requested him to lay it at Baba's feet and ask his pardon for his neglect. This happened in Bandra at about, at about Tuesday, Tuesday noon.
At about the same time, when the noon Aarti was about to commence in Shirdi, Baba said to Mrs. Tarakar, Mother, I had been to your house in Bandara with a view to have something to eat. I found the door locked. I somehow got an entry and found my, to my regret that Baal, Mr. Tarakar, had left nothing to eat for me. So I have returned unappeased. The lady did not understand this, but the son, who was close, close by, understood the whole thing and that, that there was something wrong with the puja at Bandara and therefore requested Baba to re- permit him to go home. Baba refused this but allowed him to perform the puja there. Then the son wrote a letter to his father stating all that took place at Shirdi and implored his father not to neglect the puja at home. Both these letters crossed each other and were delivered to the respective parties the next day. Is this not wonderful? Mrs. Tarakad, let us now take up the case of Mrs. Tarakad herself. She offered three things, namely roasted brinjal mixed with curds and spice, two, circular pieces of brinjal fried in ghee, and three, sweet meatball. Let us see how Baba accepted these. One, Mr. Raghuvir Bashka Purande of Bandara, a great devotee of Baba, started for Shirdi with his family. Mrs. Tarakad went, went to Mrs. Purandare and gave her two brinjals and requested her to prepare barit of one brinjal and kacharya of the other. When she went to Shirdi to serve Baba with them, after reaching Shirdi, Mrs. Purandare went, Purandare went with her dish of barit to the masjid. When Baba was just sitting for meals, Baba found the barit very tasty, so he distributed it to all and said that he wanted kacharya now. A word was sent to Radhakrishna Mai that Baba wanted kacharya. She was in a fix as it was not the season for brinjals. How to get brinjals was the question. When an inquiry was made as to who brought the barit, it was found that Mrs. Purandare was entrusted with the duty of serving kacharya. Everybody then came to know the significance of Baba's inquiry regarding kacharya and was one to struck that Baba's all-pervasive knowledge. In December 1915, one Govind Mankar wanted to go to Shirdi to perform the obsequies of his father. Before he left, he came to see Mr. Tarakad. Then Mrs. Tarakad wanted to send something with him to Baba. He searched the whole house but found nothing except a pedha, a pedha which was, which had already been offered as Navidya. The boy Govin was in mourning. Out of great devotion to Baba, he, she sent the pedha with him, hoping that Baba uh, would accept and eat it. Govinda, Govinda went to Shirdi and saw Baba but forgot to take the pedha with him. Baba simply waited. When again he went to Baba in the afternoon, he went and empty-handed. Without the pedha, Baba could wait no longer and did ask him straight, What did you bring for me? Nothing was the reply. Baba asked him again. The same reply came forth. Then Baba asked him the question, Did not the mother give some sweet meat to you for me at the time of your starting? The boy then remembered the whole thing, felt abashed, asked Baba's pardon, ran to the lodging, brought the pedda and gave it to Baba. As soon as Baba got it in his hand, he put it in his mouth and gulped it down. Thus the devotion of Mrs. Tarakat was recognized and accepted. As men believe in me, so do I accept them. Gita chapter 4 verse 11 was proved in this case. Baba fed sumptuously. How? Once Mrs. Tarakat was staying at a certain house in Shirdi. At noon meals, at noon, meals were ready and dishes were being served when a hungry dog turned up and there began to bark at Baba. Mrs. Tarkad got up at once and threw a piece of bread which the dog gulped down with great relish. In the afternoon, when she went to the masjid, she sat at some distance. Sai Baba said to her, Mother, you have fed me sumptuously. Vamished, my prana's life forces have been satisfied now. Ever act like this and ever act like this and this will stand you in good stead. Sitting in the masjid, I shall never, never speak untruth. Take pity on me like this. First give bread to the hungry, then eat yourself. Note this well. She could not understand at first the meaning of what Baba said. So she replied, Baba, how could I feed you? 
I am myself dependent on others to take my food from them on payment. Then Baba replied, Eating that lovely bread, I am heartily contented, and I am still belching. The dog which you saw before meals and which you gave a piece of bread is one with me. So also other creatures, cats, pigs, flies, cows, etc., are one with me. I am roaming in their forms. He who sees me in all these creatures is my beloved. So abandon the sense of duality and distinction and serve me as you did today. Drinking these nectar-like words, she was moved. Her eyes were brimmed with tears. Her throat was choked and her joy knew no bounds. The moral. See God in all beings. In this moral of this is the moral of this chapter. The Upanishads, the Gita and the Bhagavad all exhort us to perceive God or divinity in all creatures by the instance given at the end of this chapter and the numerous to mention. Sai Baba has practically demonstrated to us how to put the Upanishadic teachings into practice. In this way, Sai Baba stands as the best exponent or teacher of the Upanishadic doctrines. Bada Sri Sai, peace be to all. Sri Satchitananda Sadguru Sainath Maharaj Ki Jai.